Welcome to Movies Are Light. I'm your host, Nathan Chandler. Today, we are talking about a film that shattered stereotypes, challenged societal norms, and left a lasting impact on the rom-com genre. It falls at number 26 on the 50 best rom-coms list, starring Eddie Murphy, Robin Givens, Halle Berry, and an ensemble cast of talented actors. Boomerang takes you through a journey of complex, modern relationships. For the first time on this podcast, I'm bringing in a married couple <laughs> to dissect <laughs> this film. Um, and honestly, uh, maybe finding like a single person that's like out on the prowl might have been the right move <laughs> to do with this one. But we're, we're doing it anyway. So I'm ha- happy to welcome in Autumn and Jerome Bennett. H- how are you two doing? Doing doing fine. <laughs> doing, yeah, no, I'm excited. So um, I, I I got to know Autumn when we both worked at the Y. Uh no longer at the Y, but we got to work on a lot of fun projects. And honestly, uh, I, I don't know you super well, Jerome. I think mainly we saw each other like at Y events and just kind of did that head nod of like, yep, I got roped into doing this again uh, <laughs> type of thing. But but the thing that really ties us all together is our love for Big Brother. <laughs> so my first question for you is, how's your summer been without the show being on? It has been disappointing. Like this is the time of year where we're watching live feeds and keeping up with everything. And I don't know once the school year starts how I'm going to be able to keep up with it in the same way. I know it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be really difficult. So uh, uh, I guess the past couple of summers, we've kind of just a small group of us have done like a little kind of bracket. It's very, very loose and honestly very hard to keep up with, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know I, I'm starting, especially now, I'm starting to kind of really feel that, you know, there's just not a whole lot, a lot of things on right now. <laughs> that, Shout out to you, Nathan, though. You do a really great job of organizing <laughs> it and keeping up with the points and all the things. And yeah, I would agree. It just has not felt like a normal summer without it. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope. Well, um, well, like the mini showmances on Big Brother, uh, this movie, Boomerang, is full of unique relationships. So let's jump into the 1992 hit. You're interested in her, right? I mean, look at her. She's fantastic. I don't date men. I work with. How long do you think it's going to take you to bone that new executrice? It's professional. Totally professional. What you saying, man? It's going to take a week? Call me. Boomerang is directed by Reginald Hevelin and stars Eddie Murphy as Marcus Graham, a hotshot advertising executive who also happens to be a womanizer and male chauvinist. When he meets his new boss, Jacqueline Broyer, played by Robin Givens, Marcus discovers that she is essentially a female version of himself and realizes he is receiving the same treatment that he delivers to others. The film also features Halle Berry, David Allen Greer, Martin Lawrence, Grace Jones, Eartha Kitt, and Chris Rock. Murphy assisted in developing the story with writers Barry W. Blostein and David Sheffield, having worked with the writing duo since his days on Saturday Night Live. Murphy hired Hudlin to direct Boomerang following the latter's success with his debut film, House Party, which was released in 1990. Hudlin and the writers aimed to create a romantic comedy that differed strongly from Murphy's previous comic efforts. The film was released in the United States on July 1st, 1992, and was the 18th highest grossing film in North America that year. It earned over $131 million worldwide during its theatrical run. The film garnered nominations at the BMI Film and TV Awards and the MTV Movie Awards, while its soundtrack became a top-selling album. Entertainment Weekly called it an underrated classic and one of the best Eddie Murphy movies of the 1990s. 
A 2019 television series based on the film, also called Boomerang, premiered on February 12th, 2019 on BET and lasted two seasons. So I wasn't even aware that there was a television series. Did you two know about that? I feel like I saw it, but I never I never delved into it because I hadn't I hadn't actually seen the film until I mean, I watched the, like the beginning of it, but I had never actually watched it, which kind of weird. I, I knew all about it. My parents had the VHS. I just never watched it. <laughs> so you did, you watched it for the first time for this podcast? Yeah, I saw the like I had this was before we had even talked about it. I had um, recorded it on the TV because I was like, man, I need to watch this sometime. <laughs> and I watched probably the first minute or two. And then I just never finished it. Okay. Yeah. So this, this is actually my first time uh, to see this film as well. There's not many on this uh, rom-coms list that I haven't seen. And this was just one of the ones I just haven't seen. What about you, Autumn? Had you seen it before? No, I had never seen it. Never heard of it. I was, (laughs) I don't know, six years old when it came out. So I had zero clue um, who was even in it until we started watching it. And I was shocked at how many people I was familiar with in it. And I was like, how have I never heard of this movie before? But yeah, yeah, I I, I knew that. I definitely knew Robin Givens was in it and obviously Eddie Murphy. Honestly, I didn't even know uh, Halle Berry was in it uh, until I started it. But I I definitely remember almost more of the soundtrack being around. So I was probably more familiar with the movie poster more than anything else. But for some reason, yeah, the cast here, I I was just, I was like, oh my God. I was almost kind of like, how can this not be good? You know, with the the lineup. Um, yeah. So that's the um, thing, thing with a lot of these like early '90s movies, especially these black movies. You go back and you look, and you see a lot of like people that were really famous. It was kind of a, a breakout moment for for so many. Eddie Murphy had just had a bunch of movies before this that had come out. Um, Chris Rock had you know was was breaking through on S- uh, SNL. Yeah, uh, Martin Lawrence had had kind of been doing Def Comedy Jam and different things like that. And so to see all of these people in this movie. Uh, it's like kind of a blast from the past of, of people and, and watching kind of where their careers began and oh and yeah thrust forward. Yeah. So so that said, uh, did did you two like the movie? Yeah, I I liked it. Um, I would definitely say I was surprised with some of the um, the uh, sexual <laughs> parts of it. I was uh, not expecting them. I felt like I needed to like cover my eyes and people. Yeah years a little bit um but yeah i feel like if i watched it again i think i would catch so many more one-liners that i didn't catch the first time because there's just so many little things that were said that were so funny that i'm sure i missed several yeah i I, i'll be totally blunt i kind of started uh blushing a little bit i think when watching this movie because i was like (laughs) i don't know if this is a type of movie that they would watch normally or just (laughs) it's just like uh i mean we're all you know we we, you know we we've all been married for some time now so it wasn't so much that but i was just like well hopefully their kids were not (laughs) running around when they're watching this movie but because i would definitely say this movie compared to I was kind of looking at the list and there's a lot of movies we still haven't covered yet. It's definitely the most. Um, and I even, it sounds awkward coming out of my mouth, but it's a very like sexy movie. Uh, the, the only other movie we covered for getting Sarah Marshall, which has a lot of sexual content, but it's almost, it, it's not going, I mean, there's some laughs definitely in this movie, but this movie is definitely trying to, 
it plays more into that romantic vibe and comedy comedy vibe where like forgetting Sarah Marshall is pretty much they're they're not trying to promote like sexiness with that that movie. So, um, but I I was I actually I, I really I was surprised how much I liked the movie. Not not surprised, but like on IMDb, if you look, like it has a out of ten, it has I'm looking right now a five point six and like a 45 meta score and i think that's maybe kind of why i never had watched the movie because i just you don't hear it as much when with eddie murphy uh movies you know you hear more about the nutty professors and stuff like that and i um i I can see maybe at the time when this came out it, it maybe audiences weren't ready to see eddie murphy in this type of role um but i I thought he was really good in it. I thought everybody was really good in it. And I just thought it was just a movie. I just, I liked hanging out with the characters. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt like it was a good, bad movie. <laughs> Here's what I mean like, it's, like it's a good movie. It's funny. It's entertaining. Like it's something that, that I enjoyed, but man, there were some cheesy parts. And man, some of that storyline <laughs> was kind of ridiculous. Like the way they just cut from thing to thing without yes. much explanation. It's like, wait a minute, how do we get from here to here? Like this, yeah. this movie wasn't built on like trying to win an Academy Award. So it was bad in that sense, mm-hmm. but it was a really like fun movie and enjoyable movie. And those characters just, I, I just imagine on set, they had so much fun. And, you know, it, it's so funny going back and watching movies like this or even other ones, like you just see the difference in time of like some of the, the jokes that hit back then and how different they are now and how like some of these movies now one like this, like some of the things in that movie probably couldn't get made in the same way today. Yeah. Well, well certainly you just take the premise of, you know, this executive who is, you know, out there known of just basically wooing, you know, all these women both inside and outside the workplace. So that on its own, but then even the Robin Givens character <laughs> comes in and just like, but everybody, you know, everybody's fine with it. Is everybody knows you know, about this. And so definitely from that standpoint, that just, it's just like none of these people would last in a workplace <laughs> these days. Oh, the older lady. Oh, Earth oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Lady. Yeah. Uh, lady. <laughs> Lady Eloise, she's great. So did you, did you, I kind of researched her a little bit. Did you all recognize her voice at all? Yeah, I knew, I saw her and I was like, man, I I couldn't, I couldn't picture the name. I was like, I know who that is. I know who that is. So I went to the IMDB and I was like, oh yeah, it's Earth the Kid. I I like, I was like, I just couldn't put the name with the, with the person. I knew her, I've seen her and stuff before. I've heard her before, but I just couldn't like pull the name out when I was looking for it. Yeah. So so, uh, for those who don't know, uh, she she did the voice of the uh, basically the villain in Emperor's New Groove the, the kind of like uh, uh, yeah so yeah once once you make that connection it's like yeah you you can't you can't help but connect the two <laughs> so and I would say that character in Emperor's New Groove is probably kind of modeled even a little bit <laughs> on how she looks a little bit <laughs> so, yeah um, that's why yeah um, yeah I'm with, I'm with you Jerome like. I was actually talking to a coworker today about this movie and I was like, you know, if you take like a big like step back and look at the overall plot of this movie, it's not very like strong, like at all. Uh, But like the scenes are just what happens in the scenes as far as the dialogue and how the characters interact and stuff. It it is very enjoyable. Like the dialogue is really witty. I, I particularly enjoyed the, the, um, 
when Eddie is with Ed, well, his character Marcus is with uh, David Allen Greer or Martin Lawrence, when the three of them are just vibing and talking to each other, I, I thought those scenes were really great. Yeah, they, I mean, just just three hilarious guys getting together and just just kind of letting loose, and I, I think that that that's what makes it so fun. Is again, I'm, I'm sure they probably filmed those scenes a ton of times and just had the most laughs out of it because i mean they, they all are just so so funny in their own rights right yeah um i i have so i have a question for you too about this movie so is marcus a likable guy in this movie <laughs> he is <laughs> he he is like because he's so charismatic he's likable but then like he's you know at the same time he kind of like i mean you know, every, every, you know, 30 year old single playboy wants to be like Marcus, right. Wants to get all <laughs> right. the ladies, wants to do that. But I'm sure if you're the friends like in like uh, Martin Lawrence and David Allen Greer, you're just like, Oh, this guy's always getting the girls. So I, I think he's likable. And I think that he kind of gets to the point where it becomes a little bit unlikable. Like they build that in, you know, the like conflict of it, but his humbling with, uh, with Robin Givens character, Jacqueline, kind of makes him more likable like oh okay maybe he's learned his lesson and become you know yeah not this guy again he wants he wants to settle down and not be the 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 womanizer if you will yeah yeah uh yeah still still by the end of this movie i was kind of like is he redeemable yet i don't i don't i don't quite know just i i don't know if i quite buy that he's teaching this uh art class quite yet <laughs> so um you know even though we we all had kids i I, that's a big jump to not have kids. And then all of a sudden you're teaching this like community center, <laughs> like full of children. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a big leap, but you know, Hey, I, I guess people are capable of uh, change. <laughs> so um, were, were you all very uh, familiar with uh, Robin Givens and who she, who she is and was back then? Yeah. I, I mean, I was, I was pretty familiar with her as, as an actress and, you know, being married to Mike Tyson, that whole thing. So that's what I would say, unfortunately. So that's probably what I knew her most from was just the Mike Tyson relationship and all the things that came with that. And I, I thought she was amazing in this movie. I thought she was really good and really played. It's interesting. I mean, uh, I would see, I think watching it even in today's eyes and, you know, her, even though maybe you might not line up with the morals of her character, I think now she is such a strong female character despite you know she she's always blunt with marcus like she's up front like she, she you know she definitely doesn't like you know still his you know like best friend you know she doesn't start dating his best friend you know um and so uh i think but back then i'm sure uh i'm sure that was something a lot of people wrestled with as far as like her kind of switch switching of the roles but I, I think that is interesting how that plays out in this movie for sure. I thought it was interesting too how she I didn't catch that he had switched like she was intrigued by him going back to his old self there at that one point where I'm not sure if they're in a ballroom or what room they're in but where she's like, "Oh, there's the Marcus that I knew." Yes. And I was like, I hadn't noticed that she liked that, like that chase, that excitement, even though she said, I don't ever want a relationship with, you know, somebody in the office. Um, that was in interesting to me. You know what you I'm You had something in your eye. Oh, I, 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 I saved no, 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 your no, eye. No, 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 no. 
I know what it's like when you have something in your eye. I was a kid before. Your mother opens your eye. I mean, blow your whole eyeball comes out. And it was never like you just did. Come on, now. It was very seductive what no, you no, just no, did. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No. And let me assure you of something. When I seduce you, if I decide to seduce you, don't worry. You'll know. That line just kind of encapsulates her character and, you know, kind of sets us up with the, the, the their journey you know, with each other. Yeah. And I, and I think they did a good job of, of having her seduce in a different way than he was because he was so out front and like mm -hmm. doing all this stuff. And she kind of dressed him down and said, oh, you think that works if I said this to you? And it worked on him. But then she used those other methods of like making him think he was in control. But really, she was working him over the whole time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, I, you know, this being in the early 90s, I mean, even though, you know, every decade there's progression, I really do think I, I like the uh, the scene where, you know, he's been waiting for her and she gets to his apartment late. And just that, like, he's so bent out of shape that he didn't call or that she didn't call him and that sort of thing. And I, I think that was something that wasn't seen in a lot of romantic comedies up to this this point. Now, I think it wouldn't be as odd or different but certainly i think in the early 90s people very much still had there wasn't they probably didn't see many female executives you know on the screen uh you know and so i, I liked how it played played with that yeah and i wondered if it was intentional the way the the directors and even eddie murphy is, is one of the director producers i can't remember exact role on it if it was intentional like all of the female main characters were strong characters Robin mm -hmm. Gibbons character was a strong character. Halle Berry's character eventually was more of a strong character. Uh, strong J and Grace, anything Grace Jones is a strong character. <laughs> yeah. Anything with Grace Jones. Um, Eartha Kitt was a strong character. Like mm -hmm. there was just so many strong female personalities. And I wondered if that was intentional to like, for that empowerment of, of, of women, especially back then. And not just like, Oh, you're just going to be, you know, womanizing. You're kind of, you know, second, second class or whatever. Yeah. Even and the re re representation, <laughs> excuse me, of uh, just the business itself. Like there was strong, powerful black men and women dressed mm -hmm. very nice. All like you didn't see. I don't think anybody else of any other race in that office building. Right, right. And I, I, I like that this like existed too, but they never. Um, uh, they never really exclusively like talk about it or hammer it home. It's just like, this is the world that, you know, this exists. Um, I, I, I thought it was a really great scene. I think the only time they kind of touch on it is when uh, Marcus and his buddies are suit shopping and they interact with that salesman and they kind of touch on it there, but I actually liked how they did it because they touched on it, but it was also a very funny scene, but also a very like, you know, it just seemed like something that would probably happen uh, quite a bit. Yo, I'm getting this, Marcus. Step off. That jacket is $1,800. No refunds. What you think I can't pay for? Well, there is no layaway plan. Hey, we're okay. Huh? We don't need any help. We don't keep cash in the store. I, I pulled this out, um, this little note. It said, uh, the production was very demanding, including an expensive wardrobe budget, which the director, Hedlund, felt was completely worth the price. He said, quote, the clothing in the movie is incredible for both the men and the women. Eddie looks great. Robin and Hallie look great. Great hair, great makeup work for all concerned because we wanted it to look fantastic. 
we wanted to give people a level of production value that they hadn't seen for Eddie's first for first foray into true romantic comedy. And I thought that, I thought that definitely showed was just, I mean, this movie screams 90, like all around from the style and stuff, but it's very, um, especially things usually set in New York city. And, you know, they play a little bit with the empire state building and the light going on off and on, but really, um, I mean, New York City is kind of the setting character backdrop, but not really. It's really the the buildings that they all that they all live in. And so I, I can't help but like what you mentioned, Autumn, was like, I think maybe why the reception originally when it came out was like people were just not used to seeing all these strong females. I mean, I, I initially just kind of thought about Robin Givens and Halle Berry's character, but you guys listening off the rest of the supporting characters. I mean, yeah, you're so right. And I really do think in a funny way, um, maybe that's why people have come back around to this movie and realized uh, really how entertaining it is. Yeah. Um, it cost, it cost $40 million to make, and it made $130 million at the box office, uh, which was, and this quote said, which was rare for an all black cast and uh, crew uh, film. So um, anyway, uh, yeah, it definitely you can definitely see that shine to this movie uh, for sure. Um, do you all have? We kind of talked a little bit about that scene where they're uh, suit shopping. Did you have any other like favorite scenes or quotes from the movie? I one of my favorite scenes was whenever, uh, whenever the guys and and Holly Berry were all at dinner and uh, David Allen Greer, Gerard's parents, came over to the dinner. <laughs> And John Witherspoon, who, you know, rest in peace, John Witherspoon, but he is just so funny and they're making their son uncomfortable and they go into the, the sexual innuendos at the dinner table and then they disappear off to the bathroom and they're standing there and he's like, my parents have been in the bathroom for an hour. And uh, I forget I forget what he said. He said, well, that's whatever. And, and he's like, no, they're, you know, we won't, yeah. we won't, we won't use the word right here, but they're <laughs> and and then they come out and he just put their coats on and walk off like nothing happened and, and uh and he, hug it out. yeah he, Eddie Murphy looks at him he says I get it now just hugs him <laughs> hugs it with him didn't have to say a single word they understood what was going on yeah. that's hilarious yeah I I, was, I like how they took the time to just play out the just awkwardness of them just kind of standing and waiting too they <laughs> they really, and what what was uh what was his whole suit like what was his motif there was it uh oh, mushrooms had yeah, mushrooms, mushrooms. <laughs> Mushroom well, mushroom yeah. the jacket had mushrooms everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so funny. You saw me, you saw the mushroom shirt. Mushroom shirt. Bang. Mushroom shirt. Mushroom shirt. But see, you can't stop with the mushroom shirt. You now, gotta I was, go on. I had to stop that. No, shirt. you gotta keep going. Okay. Now let me show you something. Look at that. Oh, you got on a mushroom belt. Gerard, did you know your pops had a mushroom belt on? Yes. And like I said, this is kind of the magic of this film. I just think you could pull any scene and kind of get something funny, but I just like him calling out for the uh, fake fake dog, <laughs> uh, Kirby. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I couldn't even do justice to what, how Eddie Murphy sounds, but I just, I just love that. Kirby, Kirby. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned two of my favorites that I'd written down and I have a third one. Um, the coat one where he, Eddie Murphy barks at the <laughs> racist clerk as he walks away. Um, and then the, the fake dog moment. Um, it was the last line where he goes, curbster and just like quietly <laughs> calls for his big dog and i just like in his voice i heard 
like nutty professor. Like I felt like in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, like I could see him that like, that's just Eddie Murphy, you know? Um, oh yeah. But then also, oh my gosh, I lost it every time he would pull up the sheets to look at the women's toes. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then that one that he like fell out of the bed, like, like tried to slide off the side of the bed, like <laughs> fell and left, left the girl in the bed. I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> yeah, I think anytime that Tisha Campbell, the neighbor, was yes. on the screen, <laughs> Calling him out for <laughs> for dogging her and, and dogging all kinds of women were, women were hilarious. But then at the end, when he's kind of hardened down on his luck and and he's got no women, she asked him to come over for a drink or for coffee or something. He said, "She said, you want to come over for?" He said, "Nope, not at all. Not even if Jesus was pouring it himself." <laughs> <laughs> so funny. yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Movie musings. What's your favorite Eddie Murphy film or character? Coming to America. Okay, coming to America. I mean, he's got so many good movies, but I love coming to America. That's such a good movie. Such a such a classic. Such a yeah. It's just it's just such a classic. And again, it's one of those movies with so many great characters in it, so many great actors and actresses in it. Um, but I love coming to America. Yeah, you know, I actually hadn't. Um, uh, I would say I've actually probably within the last ten years have become more of an Eddie Murphy fan than I. I you know, I, my parents were. Uh, very, very carefully watched the, you know, made sure I didn't watch a lot of R-rated movies and stuff. So I did not see a lot of Eddie Murphy <laughs> content growing up. I, I didn't watch the raw stand-up special. So I feel like I've, you know, been able to see a lot of his like stuff now, both like new and old. Um, but um, I, so it actually wasn't too long ago that I saw Beverly Hills Cop. And like, there was something about that, that I was like, oh my gosh, I totally see why he became such a big star and he was so young when he did that movie have you seen that movie before i've seen part i've seen parts of the beverly hills cops movies and yeah i actually saw a tweet today that was talking about in 191984 i think he was like 21 years old and then or something like that but he had made all these movies by 1992 and it was crazy the listing of movies that he had done within mm -hmm. that time frame yeah he's he's definitely had some flops but uh it wasn't too terribly long ago that he hosted Saturday Night Live, which people didn't think he would ever return back on the show to do. And I don't know if you all had a chance to see that episode, but man, he, I mean, he just, he just killed it. And you're just like, Oh my gosh, I really like if he's put in the right scenario, I mean, he can just, he just commands the room. Even when maybe his movies uh, haven't worked so much, he definitely, there's always at least a scene or something that, you know, he, he brings to the table for sure. But um, what, what about you, Autumn? Um, I would have to say Nutty Professor and just, I just vividly remember them all sitting around the table. And of course it's him and uh, the one liner, Hercules, Hercules. Like, <laughs> of course, yeah. Classic. So I think when I think of Eddie Murphy, I think of like Nutty Professor. Um, that's, that's the one that comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the second question may be more for Autumn, and I'll I'll, I'll be. Uh, th this is probably the weaker question that I ever <laughs> ever came up with, but uh, this movie very much uh, touches on the creative world of uh, perfume marketing. So, uh, Autumn, what's your favorite perfume? <laughs> I actually really like. I don't know what if it has a name, but it's a Juicy Couture 
I don't know, like I said, I don't know if the, if it's just the brand or which um, one it, it is, but there's a Juicy Couture perfume that I really like. Oh, okay. Uh, what about you, Jerome? Strong J. <laughs> 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 oh, no, no, I can't see him right now. He has some underwear on his head. No. Oh. <laughs> oh, that scene, and then also the commercial that they shoot where she essentially gives birth to <laughs> their perfume. I is <laughs> it's so wrong, but so so funny. So when, yes, when they let her when they let her loose with the guy who did the <laughs> over the top like commercial, you just knew something ridiculous was going to come, and it was that was another really 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 funny scene oh yeah and um i don't know how prevalent perfume marketing is these days i mean it's very rare that we have a uh, you know live tv on and when we do it's usually sports and you usually don't find perfume ads and sports and stuff like that but i know obviously there's still a market for that and you know you walk through any kind of dillards and you, you see all sorts of signs and stuff but it, it did it just I liked how they were just making fun of the industry itself and just like, why are the commercials like, like I, I know perfume is supposed to be this like mysterious type of thing, but they're always so like convoluted those commercials. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought the Vaughn character was hilarious. And so this just made me think that, and don't incriminate yourselves, but have, have you all ever had an, an annoying neighbor? Have we had an annoying neighbor? Uh, I mean, if I answer that, will they listen to this? <laughs> <laughs> I have had an annoying neighbor. Um, I won't say where that annoying neighbor lived or where I live, but that person was annoying and probably still to this day is really, really annoying and a problem. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about you, Autumn? Um, I don't know. Um, same, what? like. I've had um, a neighbor that is just, uh, I'm I'm a, a two, Enneagram two, if you know what those mean, a helper. So if somebody asks me for help and I say yes once, they kind of hook, line, and sink me. And so I just have some, you know, elderly neighbors that um, <laughs> call me and I just have to know when to say no and when to not answer the phone. But um it's also i understand where they're coming from and they don't have family around and things like that but so annoying in the sense of some sometimes like you know a, a 6 30 in the morning call and you're like no 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 <laughs> we're not doing this right now or oh uh, I, I i don't know if you all ever lived in many apartments like in your lives but i mean you are always like if you're on the first well even if there were a floor above you you know just always the the neighbors that were like too too loud above you. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation before or not, but I was gonna say yeah. I've, I've kind of the apartments that I had were actually pretty good. Like the sound wasn't too bad, so I was thankful and grateful that I didn't have that. Yeah. Well, we, I sorry, I did just recently uh, with Fourth of July, but this is year round. We have a neighbor that's across the street that will just randomly shoot off a very very loud it sounds like a professional firework <laughs> um it's loud when it's lit and explodes and then when it pops up in the air like super super loud and they just do it throughout the year randomly but it's always so much more around fourth of july and so i was going a little crazy the other night. i was like i'm gonna find out who it is i'm gonna stand out here and watch and amaya's like our daughter's like 
why? What are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. Probably nothing. But <laughs> I don't know who it is. But it'll be like 1040 in the morning, 1245 at night. It's raining outside. They're doing it. I'm like, what are you doing? And it'll just oh be like God. one. And then maybe 20 minutes later, another one. And then I'll be done for the day. And it just is crazy. <laughs> um, we I just got back from uh, visiting my family that live in Arkansas, and in Arkansas, there's no law against where you can sell or shoot off fireworks. So it doesn't it, it doesn't matter if it's in the city limits. And so that whole time, because this was over kind of July Fourth weekend, I mean, just every night there was just far, far, fireworks going off. Actually, uh, Hallie and I went to a movie. And we were driving, it was probably like 8.30 at night. And that whole drive, we would just, it was like its own little fireworks show just going off uh, everywhere. So, yeah, that's a little, yeah, that's a little crazy. We, we've been very fortunate to have in, in our neighborhoods that we live in, like, really good neighbors. Like, we've just been really lucky. <laughs> I, th this just struck me. Um, but I will say, and I, I am not worried about this person. Uh <laughs> <laughs> person listening to this podcast but when we lived in when we lived in arlington it was we lived in a cul-de-sac and it was a house across the street and this man was very overweight i just and i'm not saying what i'm saying is it's not a problem that he was overweight but when he did yard work he did not mind uh shedding the shirt uh when he uh mowed and he was a very large guy a very hairy guy and at that time uh hallie was probably like three or four and you know at that age they have no point they have no problem pointing or saying out loud like why is his shirt off but he would come over and talk to us and visit with us and you just had that it was that like that eyes like look away as you're trying, <laughs> trying to talk to him but yeah but uh anyway i, I would take an avon over him any day i think <laughs> i think so rom-com rankings the first category is the romantic chemistry between the leads so i i would say this one's a little hard um because ultimately you know he uh marcus ends up with halle berry's character uh which we we don't spend a lot of time and i think if this is kind of a fault of the movie we don't spend a lot of time with them together really <laughs> I, I don't know if you agree with that but I, I i what what do you what do you all rank it and do you rank it with marcus and robin gibbons character or marcus and Halle berry's character yeah i think that <clears throat> i think that's that's part of what when i say a good bad movie that's part of it is because it's like in in a have it in the ranking for the chasing. If it's if it's the the chemistry between Robin Givens and uh, Eddie Murphy or Marcus and Jacqueline, I'd say it's probably a four. But the one with with Holly Berry, it's like a two or a three. Like it's just <laughs> like where did it come from? Like y'all just y'all just poof this out of nowhere, and then it's just here. Like yeah, just rock with it. I, I completely agree with you. Do you line up with that, Autumn? Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I actually only really thought about uh, Halle Berry's character just because they ended up together. So I was like, right. well, I guess that makes her the lead. I don't know. But I would agree with the four um, for the Jacqueline. Um, but I did. I put a three, yeah, for um, Halle Berry just because there was no, like, you're my best friend. But we never saw any, like, no. <laughs> friend thing happening, really. I mean, when they were coworkers, I guess, they had a, it seemed like they worked well together. But that was all we really saw. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. It almost feels like 
if you took these two characters and I'm sorry, I just keep on saying Halle Berry and this is <laughs> uh, so Angela is her character's name. So yeah, I, I kind of see Marcus and Angela like a not working out eventually. And then B Jacqueline coming back around again. And uh, not, not just in your romantic relationships as uh, a younger person, but most people get a lot of things out of their system in your twenties and thirties and stuff. So I can kind of see both Marcus and Jacqueline kind of getting this like lifestyle out of their way and then kind of meeting back together. Cause I'm with you, Jerome. I think their chemistry is like really like skyrocket and yeah, him and Angela are kind of like, yeah, this was kind of a very uh, convenient type of <laughs> relationship that blossoms. Yeah, and they changed, and they kind of changed her character midway through. Like she was this awkward, strange, eccentric person, and then with you know when she got with Marcus, she was like this totally different person. Like when he was interested in her, I guess the only thing that tied together was they were both Trekkies, but otherwise she was like this different person. All of a sudden, I was like, wait a minute, they just they kind of switched up who this character was mid mid movie. Like what's going on here? Yeah. And then like at the end, she like barely has time for these kids. She used to mentor and stuff. And you're like, really? Like, I just don't think a job like that would like, it might would harden you a little bit, but like, there's no way. I mean, Autumn, you were, at, we both at the Y, we were around like kids a lot and stuff like that. Like you wouldn't just be like, I don't have time for you all of a sudden. Like it's, yeah, it was just, did it not feel like her character at all? Yeah. So. And then the kids just like left. They're so like, okay, our job here is done. You know, it's New York. Maybe they're, you know, a little bit more independent. You know, they can find their way back, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. He, I mean, it's like he, he totally just used them for sure to get in the door with that, you know. like So it's like, Marcus, Marcus, did you really teach art at the community center? Or did you just pay those kids to say that? But uh, anyway, the second category I have are the best friends. Uh, and so... Uh, usually the support, you know, the support system of the main character. So uh, in this case, I kind of saw it once again, sorry, I keep on saying the actor's names. I just know them better than the actor, but David Allen Greer, Martin Lawrence, I kind of saw them as the support system here. Uh, did you, did you two see it that way? Yeah. Yeah. I um, honestly, when I first saw this, the best friends, I actually was thinking of, their their relationship like uh angela and jacqueline i wasn't thinking about his best friends but now that you're saying that i'm like oh yeah that makes sense um <laughs> but uh yeah i would i would say i don't know a three or four because i um i like the part the scene where martin lawrence again i don't know the the character's name as well either um where he like has them come over for <laughs> dinner and just like that was another good scene he drops the yeah. chicken on the floor and just like picks it up and throws it in the grease <laughs> you're like oh <laughs> gross wow but like just going that far to care for his friends and friendship to like okay we're gonna make this better and we're gonna get past this and then we're gonna hug it out and did you hug it out and all that kind of stuff and um so yeah i would say like a three or four yeah. What about you, Jerome? I say four. I think this was this was one of the the bet one of the better parts of the movie. Um, you know, their their dynamic was so so good in this. Like it just it just like I said, it seemed like they were just having a good time, just a peek into guys just just hanging out. Like they could have took a camera and filmed them anytime, movie or not, and you would have got that same kind of energy and banter and and fun from them. So 
it, I think that that was, you know, four to even four and a half in terms of that, that dynamic. I think that was that that's, those are, those are the parts that make this a good movie and make this a fun movie. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I actually was pretty high on this dynamic and I get, I gave them the five hearts. I just thought anytime the three of them were on screen, uh, it was hilarious. And you, you could see that, um, I liked them because they're all three different types of characters. Um, and then I could also see how they would forgive Marcus <laughs> for basically stealing his like kind of girlfriend, you know, uh, like it just fit, it fit their personalities. But a lot of those scenes um, that they were in to me were the most memorable and just the dialogue that they had. And even though some of it, you know, had to be scripted, a lot of it, I, you know, I love the improv nature that goes, I mean, a lot of those, all those actors, we kind of know that's part of their, uh, their arsenal, so to speak. But yeah, I, I really thought that uh, stood out a lot. Um, so I kind of talked about a little bit at the setup of this podcast, but the, the soundtrack always seems to be a big part of this, uh, of the rom-com genre. Um, and so a little bit, I don't know, did you all have the chance to listen to the soundtrack? Didn't listen to the soundtrack, but you know what? That movie, the the songs that came on in the movie warned my little eight, nine-year-old heart listening to those <laughs> songs. Like it took me back back in the day. I was like, man, this sounds so 90s. This sounds like this could be in any one of these, any one of these these genre movies. Um, but I, I loved it, man. I, I say four and a half to to five hearts in terms of the the soundtrack. It's just a fun soundtrack. And again, takes me back to to my youth and, and listening to the to the radio and um, different types that we had at the house. Yeah. Uh, so it the soundtrack sold over 3 million copies and achieved, uh, it, that means that it achieved triple platinum status. And so, um, you know, definitely with, like like I said, this movie is very 90s and a lot of that is as soon as the music comes on, you know, you, you feel that for sure. And so um, I, I listened, thankfully the soundtrack, if you have Spotify, the whole, uh, all the songs are on there, uh, which isn't always the case. And so it was funny as I started listening to it. And even though it's probably not like something I would normally put on all the time, it, it is a tremendous <laughs> soundtrack. It is really good. Almost if you get past a little bit of just like, oh my gosh, this feels so 90s. Like it's pretty easy like to melt into it. I mean, there's artists, Babyface, Tony Braxton. Um, I haven't run. Oh, even Grace Jones <laughs> has a song on here. Uh, I mean, End of the Road by Boys to Men. I mean, it's just amazing <laughs> to me and so i i, I really I, I gave it four hearts and i would really uh suggest people to check it out and listen to it like from start to finish it it also as a soundtrack i think the order that the tracks are on which people don't listen to music like that anymore but i i think it flows really really nicely um and so uh what about you autumn it, well, um, I gave it a little lower, but that was probably because of my own just like not knowing a lot of the songs, but it did feel very 90s. I only recognized really like two of the songs I felt like. Uh, so I think I would benefit from listening to the whole soundtrack, um, probably from top to finish. Um, I'd probably have more uh, respect for it. But I did not grow up uh, listening to that music. Um, so <laughs> I, I did a little lower. I did a three, um, but that's probably, it's more because I just am not as familiar. Okay. Well, you have to do me a favor. You have to listen to it this week. And then I want <laughs> you to, I want you to reach out to me and uh, let me know uh, how, how you feel about it. Okay. 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 <laughs> because we're recording this sooner than it's than the podcast is releasing. So anyway, I'll make I'll, I'll make a note if you change your rating. Okay. If, you, if you don't, 
that that's okay. But I, I I really feel strongly that if you give it a listen, you might you might change your opinion on it. I'm so. sure. I bet I would. <laughs> then you might end up you know buying all the PM Dawn albums and Babyface albums, and <laughs> you, you, you never know. So for the fourth category, I have the chase scene or the declaration of love, uh, and so. Um, there's not always a chase scene, but there's usually somebody uh, a point where somebody like spills out their heart, which we kind of touched on it a little bit already talking about the romantic chemistry in the end of this movie. So I'm interested to hear how you, uh, how you, how you all rate this. Um, I wish there would have been more to it um, of more of a background and understanding of like how they got to this point. But I do feel like, using the kids was creative kind of brought back. And I do remember him uh, or her saying like, go and do something like when you're hurting or when you're having a hard time, go and do something for somebody else to kind of take it off your you know mind or whatever. So that's um, immediately what I thought when I saw him come in with the kids, whether he was really their teacher or not their art teacher, <laughs> it was like, Oh, he was sad and brokenhearted. So he went to go and do something for somebody else. And so that's how I kind of, touched my heartstrings, if you will, on that. Um, so I actually gave it a four. I do wish it was like more, um, there would have been more about their relationship that probably would have, maybe I'll say a 3.8. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it could have been a lot better than what it was, but I still, I, I got the full circle with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Jerome? I gave it a two. I thought it. I thought it. <laughs> I thought it too because I feel like it. There just wasn't like the lead up to it was just so choppy and awkward. Like yeah. it just. It didn't feel. It didn't feel genuine. Like because of all of the the lack of buildup. Like if he would have did that with um, Jacqueline or Robin Givens' character, then I would have said they would have been higher. But like for a character who just popped up and they fell asleep on the couch one night and now all of a sudden they're a thing. They didn't even show like them like having an intimate scene it was just like oh they're together now and now he's heartbroken over her and it it, it, it just didn't give that same level of like the chase scene it, it seemed so so disingenuous like so i i thought it was kind of i thought it was weak as, as a whole and it was like the actual like moment i just didn't believe it as much <laughs> because of the lack of what was actually there, the substance that they put, they could have developed that out more and it would have felt different, but because of the lack of development there, it was, it, was, it wasn't very good to me. Yeah. No, I, I, I kind of side with Jerome on this one <laughs> a little bit. I, I get, I gave it two and a half. I, I mean, I didn't think it was like horrible uh, just because I, I want to say that um, all the actors here definitely like elevate the material and I say not so much the funny scenes, but just these like plot mechanics that they have to hit. So like, I don't think Eddie Murphy and Halle Berry are bad in the scene, but just, uh, yeah, just what it kind of, how they go about it and stuff like that. It just very, yeah. It just kind of seemed like, Oh, we got to come up with the ending with this. And, and, you know, how do we get them together? Oh, we'll just do this, you know? So, uh, yeah. Um, also this is just random, but I, the the fact I, I didn't really quite buy either that Marcus would let Angela's character just start working on all this art in his place. I'm just saying, like he had a pretty like his his place was like spotless. It was super clean. And just to have an artist just all of a sudden do her artwork in the middle of the living room, I didn't quite buy that. <laughs> I don't know if you if you it all picked me, up on that. So it made me wonder if it was trying to <laughs> 
fill in the gaps of like, look, they've had this yes. really great relationship for long periods of time. Her clothes were over there. Like when uh, she left, she's like, I'll come get my stuff later, which made it seem like she had basically moved in. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say struggle is kind of too strong of a word for for this, but a little bit with this movie, I was trying to kind of fill in the gaps of where the all all these relationships have progressed. You know, like probably probably the movie in itself probably covers like a year or two, wouldn't you say? Like probably, maybe, but it, it's it's kind of a little hard to be like, oh, okay, they're at this point now, like <laughs> you know, and not that I think it's. A little cheesy sometimes to have time lapses and montages and that sort of thing, but yeah, you're right. That I, I can see how that kind of stands in, you know, stands in for that. But yeah, it gets a little confusing. But um, so uh, the last the last category is rewatchability. Uh, how do you all rank this? I'd, I'd rank it as a four. I feel like it's a movie that you can just watch anytime. Now, I mean, given what I said about it's a good bad movie, it it's one that is just it's just a fun movie, right? So if you're if you're sitting down. All right, here's my comparison. It's like the Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> yeah, Fast and Furious movie. You know what you're getting. You know, you know what it's going to be. If it's on TV, <laughs> you'll probably stop and watch it. You know, it's going to be action. It, it, you know what you're getting out of it. If you come looking for something else, you're not going to want to watch it. And I feel like this movie is that. Like, if you're coming for something fun, kind of a a not too tight, you know, plot, and you know, chop. You know, if you're not looking for like an Academy Award romantic comedy, then you know, you're going to enjoy it. So I think that it's just a fun movie that I, I feel like you can watch anytime or it, it'd be enjoyable and you'll get laughs out of it. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Autumn? Yeah, I actually gave it a four too. I thought it was overall pretty funny. And like I said earlier, like there's a lot of really great one liners in there that I even feel like I missed a lot of them. Um, so yeah, I think I think it was good, and I also watched it late, and I was getting sleepy, so I should probably watch it again <laughs> too. But um, yeah, I I think it was is a pretty pretty funny movie, especially if you like like all those people and and other movies that they've been in. It was just kind of fun to see them all. We didn't even talk about like Chris Rock. Yeah, <laughs> Chris Rock was in it, um, and he had some really funny lines too. Every time he'd see him in the lobby, Marcus in the lobby, um, Boney T, <laughs> Boney T. <laughs> I, I know we all work with uh, young people, but uh, where he basically asked for like a promotion only after being there uh, at the <laughs> workplace for a couple of days, like that kind of made me laugh. I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you too. I, I gave it four hearts as well, as far as rewatchability. Like I said, maybe like where it stacks up to other rom-coms, not the strongest as far as uh, the beats that it takes, but as far as the scenes, I mean, I, I feel like you could walk into any room and if there's a scene on, you would probably end up just like sitting down and watching it. Like I think each scene uh, just has like some kind of moment, some kind of something really funny to latch onto it. Uh, and uh, kind of like you mentioned, Autumn, like, you feel like you could watch these group of people all the time. It kind of almost maybe like um, I, I know Eddie Murphy did a couple of things with Martin Lawrence and he's probably done other stuff with some of these characters, but I, I almost wish it was kind of like, you know, how like Judd Apatow had that group that did a lot of movies like 40 year old virgin and forgetting Sarah Marshall and those type of movies. I kind of wish that like this group of people could like do different movies all the time. Cause I feel like there's just like such a chemistry there between er everybody involved. So um yeah, it's uh, it's just something I like, even though not being the strongest movie ever, I, I really just I enjoyed my time with this movie. 
Yeah, I think the I think the five point four or five point six on IMDb is is spot on, but the rewatchability of four out of five hearts is also spot. Like it's it's a weird like it's a weird dynamic. Like you'll watch it, but again, in terms of rating the movie, is just yeah isn't, isn't the, the highest the right. highest marks in that way. Recommendations. Is there like one thing that you all are like watching or listening to that you've been recommending to your friends? I, I don't know how much free time you all <laughs> have in your lives to even watch anything. Apparently Autumn falls asleep a lot during uh, <laughs> such things. <laughs> it's late at night. Yes. <laughs> so what, what I've been watching and it, it's coming to a heartbreaking end after 10 years is the blacklist. The series finale is this week. I've been watching that essentially since the beginning and it's it's kind of weird like it's a great tv show the first 15 minutes of that tv show are so captivating it just draws you in and it's going to be interesting to see how they end it but it is such a it's such a uh interesting show that that i've enjoyed and it almost feels like i'm losing not a friend but like i'm losing like a part of like someone who's been close to me for all these years <laughs> that, I, that i've watched and so it, it you know that's something i would recommend if, if someone hasn't watched before watch the blacklist especially that first 15 minutes of the first episode, you'll be hooked. Okay. Yeah. Do you watch that with him, Autumn? No, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can do like Dateline and, you know, real stories, but like suspense, fake stuff. I'm like, no, I can't handle it. Um, I am more, and this is why we don't watch a lot of TV together, except for Big Brother, because I'm more of the, on the reality side of things i grew up you know with the real world road rules all that kind of stuff so um i really like uh married at first sight <laughs> it's probably um my i've seen all the seasons of that uh and follow them on my instagram and stuff um and then one that we do like together to watch together is abbott elementary i think oh yeah great show <laughs> yeah both of us being in education um it's just really funny. It's just a lot of it spot on. Um, even if you haven't worked in a classroom or in an actual school uh, building setting, it's really, really funny. Um, and then Jerome recently yeah. started. Um, yeah, I'll get you turned on to one here. It's called Primo. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's great. On a, on a, not Hulu Prime and okay. Freebie. Oh, yeah. it's such a funny show. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, yeah, that's a great show. Uh, do your kids watch Abbott Elementary with you all? We let Amaya, I think, watch. No, they both watch some. With us. They... Not all, but they watch some with us. Yeah. yeah. I think you're going to give them too many like ideas of <laughs> naughty little kids do. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're uh, you're spot on with Primo. I, I think I actually suggested that in a, another episode, but uh, yeah, it's 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 really good. And uh, Hallie really uh, she watched that with us and really liked it. It's probably like on the PG thirteen spectrum, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, we thought that was really funny. But uh, my quick recommendation, uh, it's not for everybody, um, and I only have one episode left, but I've been watching uh, Black Mirror on Netflix. Uh, it, it's it's Return, which is a, kind of a Twilight Zone-esque anthology series. Um, and so I would say that this season is probably like not the strongest, but it's kind of one of those, uh, if, you, if you have watched the show, it's almost kind of like, it's just kind of nice that it's there. <laughs> it's like new content. So maybe though, even though it's not the best uh, season that it's ever been, it's, it's like, Hey, it's new episodes. Why, why are we complaining? So that's kind of where I fall on it. So, but it's definitely, uh, if anybody knows anything about black mirror, it's very, very dark. So if you are not willing to go into dark places in your mind, 
I would not recommend it, <laughs> recommend it. But uh, especially as the show's gone popular, uh, it's attracted a lot of uh, famous actors. So there's a lot of familiar faces. And I, I, I like I like anthology type of shows sometimes because, like I said, I haven't finished the last episode. But, you know, watching the prior ones hasn't hinged on me, like completing that last one. So I always like how you, you know, these kind of almost short stories, uh, so to speak. So anyway, th- uh, that's my recommendation. And like I said, this this section of the podcast is going to get like bleaker and bleaker as the writer's strike uh, goes on because <laughs> there's going to be a lot less things to recommend. So anyway, hopefully uh, everything gets uh, figured out in uh, Hollywood <laughs> with all that. So, um, well, uh, next week, uh, I'm recording this a little early because I'm actually going on vacation with my family. So y- there's going to be two different options. The, the next rom-com that we're covering is While You Were Sleeping, uh, which falls at number 12, uh, starring Sandra Bullock. I'm doing that with uh, my a good friend, Abel Cass, who's a huge Sandra Bullock fan. So uh, that'll be fun. But if it's not that episode, I don't know if we'll get a chance uh, on July 26th uh, it's been talked about a lot, but two big movies are opening up at the same time. Uh, the movie Barbie uh, and and the other one, the Christopher Nolan new film Oppenheimer. Two completely different type of films, um, but it seems to be like the two movies everybody's been t- kind of anticipating and wanting to see. So if I get a chance to see that, we might be covering that. So also the new Mission Impossible movies come out. So I would like to see that as well. So we might hit on those, but if we if I don't get a chance to see those, it's definitely going to be while you're sleeping. So um, anyway, uh, as always, check out moviesyourlife.com for episode reviews and more. If you love the podcast, please take a moment to rate and review it. Uh, this really helps us with finding new listeners. Uh, I really want to thank you two for <laughs> taking the time to do this. And uh, thanks for being willing. I, I think the dynamic, I, I didn't know how it would work with like three different people, but I, I, I just want to commend ourselves. I think we've done a really great job. <laughs> yeah, I think it was I think it was fun. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Podcast. I think you've done podcasts before, maybe. Yeah, a couple other ones. This yeah. is my first time. So I think it you did a great job, Nathan. <laughs> oh, well, thanks. well, I'm honored that you were willing to come on uh, <laughs> this one and giving it a shot. And I, I thought it was fun, especially since we all hadn't really had a lot of like history with this movie. It was, it was fun catching up on this. So I definitely will be messaging you all soon when Big Brother comes back on for sure. sure. Yes. So, but yeah, if you're willing to come back on, I'd love to have you on again. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Uh, awesome. Well, uh, well, thanks again. And I uh, hope everybody has a great week.